Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback? Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within, combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. You are listening to the Punt and Pass podcast. It is week six. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, we had another fantastic week. Week five for the Punt and Pass podcast was awesome, as expected, against the spread. You went 3-0. and I went 2-1, and so a little cold streak, you could say. The hot streak has ended, and it looks like week six is going to follow up, and we have an awesome Awesome podcast episode for all of our listeners this week. We got some great games coming up. We're going to touch on the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide traveling to College Station to take on Texas A&M. LSU, after that terrible, terrible loss against Troy, travels to the Swamp and plays the number 21 ranked Gators. And then we're going to do a little pick them for the third game. We're going to touch on Georgia heading to Vanderbilt. Ole Miss going to Auburn. It's another awesome week across the SEC. Speaking of the SEC, we have another fantastic guest that you have lined up for us, Aaron, former Texas A&M quarterback and current Atlanta Falcon. That'd be Trevor Knight. So Trevor's going to join us throughout uh, midway through the show. And for all of us that have helped us reach number 25, Aaron, number 25 on iTunes, the Punt and Pass podcast makes an appearance because we got 137 ratings, 103 reviews, 133 of those ratings, Aaron, five stars, dude. So we're going to give out a signed football and some official Georgia football gloves. We love hearing from y'all at Punt and Pass on Twitter, at Punt and Pass on Instagram. Punt and pass at gmail.com if you got something long form for us. Aaron, enough of me talking. What's going on, dude? How's everything been? Doing good, man. Staying busy. Had a fun week. Weekend, I must say. Uh, I got to cover the Air Force game in, in New Mexico. And for two teams that run the triple option, it was actually pretty exciting to kind of see both these guys go at it. A lot of points. An hour and a half rain delay. Yeah, so we kind of... Man, it was crazy. We sat in the booth forever. Good thing I brought up some like pizza and some good food. I'm just munching up there. <laughs> Hanging out in the booth. I'm feeling like Coach Bobo up there with my Diet Coke. So it was fun. It was, like I said, very surprising. You know, you think two teams that run the triple option, they see it all spring. They see it all camp. They kind of have, you know, figured out how to stop it defensively. But it was just lights out. Both offenses just run up and down the field. So it was was a lot of action. It was fun for me to call and uh, getting ready for my next game. Heading to Reno, Nevada this week to, to cover Hawaii against Nevada so I'm just stressing a little bit right now trying to 
memorize all these crazy names that the Hawaii players have. <laughs> so it's going to be a challenge for me just to pronounce these guys' names, but it'll be another fun game to cover. Yeah, I was going to say I know you pretty well, and you're a studious guy. You're, you're a smart guy, but the pronunciation, I will tune into the game just to hear you butcher these Hawaiian Oh, there's going to be butching left and right. <laughs> it's going to be pretty bad. I'm, I'm having Sharon, my girlfriend, kind of start quizzing me every night to make sure I'm ready to rock and roll. And I also got to pronounce... It's Nevada, 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 not Nevada, Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. Yeah, so my, you're my out producer. Here. Yeah, my producer called me today, and we had a little lesson about the proper way to pronounce Nevada. Yeah, speaking of Nevada. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Nevada, man, uh, we just had to mention on the podcast awful, awful recent events in Las Vegas. Uh, thoughts and prayers to everyone out there. What a terrible massacre! I mean, it was just absolutely disgusting. This deranged terrorist lunatic. Man, such a sad sight to see because for me, Aaron, I'm not sure about you, but I love Las Vegas. I make a week, a yearly, I wish it was weekly, I make a yearly pilgrimage there with my boys every single year. And the saddest part, not only is the, the people that lost their lives, but you go to Vegas to let your guard down. You go there to have a good time. The worst thing that's going to happen, maybe you have too many pops, wake up in the morning, bad hangover. But man, uh, thoughts and prayers to all the families affected and to the city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and then, dude, right after that, Tom Petty passes away. R.I.P. Tom Petty, total ledge. That guy's the man. Um, I'll tell you right now, Aaron, I was on the golf course today. I was walking nine by myself at TPC Sugarloaf, newly renovated Pines course. It was awesome, and I had my headphones in. I just jammed out to Tom Petty's greatest hits. So a little self-reflection, hitting the white ball around. Um, you did not get the invite. You gave me some flack on Instagram. Yeah, unbelievable. No invite. Well, you but were crazy. too much. Yeah, I do work too much. I need a little. I need a little vacation already. But <laughs> tell your boss, speaking, Will Matthews, to let you go to the golf course. We can talk yeah, shop on Will, the golf Will course. Will can Will can come golf with us too. But speaking of the Vegas incident, I was actually doing some some work today with with Ram Trucks. We were delivering clothes to uh, the Salvation Army that's going to be sent off sent off to hurricane victims both in Florida and in Puerto Rico. And one of the girls doing the pictures for us for for Ram Trucks told us that she's from she's from Vegas and her dad was actually working the concert. Oh he was one God. of the guys in charge of the venue and he she said it was just craziness. He said they were shuffling people in and out, people were running around and it was just a um just awful sight to see. So like you said, I'm going to say too our thoughts and prayers with everyone in Vegas uh for what happened this past week and then obviously uh with Tom Petty dying, that's just just craziness, man. It was a crazy day yesterday uh in the US. Could have used some golf. I could have been on the golf course with you, hence the balls to kind of release some stress too. But um, yeah, let's get rolling for a fun for a fun week of football, though, man. It's gonna be another exciting week for us. Uh, exciting for all you fans to, to tune in, listen to us, and, and watch some good football. Yeah, let's get rolling. Uh, let's get to the good stuff for sure. Speaking of good stuff, I know I mentioned it when we just opened up the show, but dude, Punt and Pass Podcast skyrockets up the rankings on iTunes. We reached number twenty-five in the sports and recreation category. There are some heavy hitters on that list dan patrick forget about it mike and mike see you later we went up there and that's all thanks to our fans and listeners dude we put a little challenge out on social media again at punt and pass across the board and we said we needed 100 reviews now we got 137 ratings but the reviews are when you actually write in the box and talk about um, how good aaron is how bad i am how terrible the podcast is all that good stuff but we got 103 reviews i scrolled through them and i took some screenshots so i've got 
some that I'm going to read out to you right now. Oh, please you, be entertaining. Please be pretty. you get to pick. You get to pick who wins. Are you going to say names or are you just going to say what they said and then I'll pick? Well, you tell me. What would you rather have? Just don't don't names because okay. I don't want that to to uh, help me at all. Just say what they said and I'll pick whichever one I think is the best. All right. Here's the first one. Okay. Great pod. First I've subscribed to. Glad two former Bulldogs are at the helm. Butler has great picks. He's even won me some money. I'll let Murray slide <laughs> on the Mississippi State game just this one time. All right, there's your first I like one. that one. I like that I one. I won't tell you who pretty good. wrote it. Next one. They break down upcoming games and give in-depth coverage on nuances you won't hear anywhere else. That's a pretty good one. Very true. Enjoyed week five podcast. Although Aaron caught a lot of grief for picking Mississippi State, he was doing his job. Like he said, the dogs are his heart. He was picking a winner based off videos, and we can't fault him for that. Great podcast. I look forward to listening to more. Go dogs. This is getting tough, man. This is getting real tough. All right, here we go. I got one more for you. Um, This one's a bit comedic, but it had me laughing. AM11 and Brew Drutler are great. Great hearing (laughs) insight from Aaron when he goes back to UGA. Brew has a golden voice. He should do commercials for Cali and Tito's on the radio. Murray is five foot ten on a good day, but he has the stature and confidence of a young Burt Reynolds. Yeah, come on. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. I mean, that's phenomenal. Just... Oh Who man, is? this is too good. I know that last I one. I mean, that last one good. is phenomenal. I just think, oh goodness gracious, that's, that's all good. The creativity, you got to go with the creativity. I'm going with four. Just who was it? Who's right, our it's, winner? It's, it's Micah Lou eighty five. So Micah Lou eighty five, email us puntandpass at gmail dot com, and we will get your information and send you that signed football and some official UGA gloves, the ones yeah. that Sony Michelle wears, Nick Chubb wears, all the guys. So. I love the creativity, and we'll we'll come up with another contest on social media. Follow Aaron at Marie Eleven, Aaron Marie Eleven. Follow me at Drew Butler Thirteen, and we'll keep giving you guys what you want. Tell us what you want. Tell us what you want to hear, and we'll bring that to you right here on the Punt and you know podcast. You know what I want to hear? What's that? I want to hear your voice over Kelly and Tito's. That's what I want to hear. I love it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great sponsor. Kelly and Tito's yeah. is a great sponsor, but I got to stay with my heart. I'm a royal peasant, man. I told you that. The royal peasant. Okay, fine. I'm the Kelly and Tito's guy. You'll be the royal peasant. Perfect. We'll see if they want to work some deals with us. Perfect. All right, so let's recap week five real quick. You went 3-0 and against the spread, and what a week for the Georgia Bulldogs it was. They were a 7.5-point favorite, and they absolutely whooped Tennessee's ass 41 to nothing that was awesome to see the second pick i missed on i thought mississippi state would bounce back just a little bit it seems like it is trouble in paradise i mean trouble in starkville mississippi they got blown out by auburn 49 to 10 and then a game that we both agreed on and if our listeners listen to what we say we know what we're talking about we said clemson would absolutely whoop up on virginia tech and that's exactly what they did they covered and they won by a score of 30 one to 17. Good job, Murray. 3-0 against the spread. An interesting week just a week ago. I'm going to bring up one more team. We didn't talk about them on the podcast last week, but Alabama just destroyed, destroyed Ole Miss, a team that they have had some recent trouble with. I know Ole Miss is going through a bit of a transition period with Hugh Freeze getting the boot before the season, but, dude, that was an absolute stomping of another SEC West rival, and it seems like, Aaron, it seems like Georgia and Alabama are on a collision course set for 
Atlanta. That would be the SEC championship the first weekend in December. Yeah, crazy weekend. Let's go back to the, the UGA Tennessee game and and only a great weekend for Georgia fans, but what an awful weekend for Tennessee fans. Oh. I turn on the I turn the game and you got Tennessee awful. Tennessee fans starting fights not with Georgia fans, but with each other. And you're just like, you know you're you beat a team down when you have fans for your opponent beating each other up. And it was a rough day for those Tennessee fans. It was a an even rough even rougher day for for Butch Jones, who if his seat wasn't hot enough, I mean it is just scorching uh, just scorching hot right now i mean his job he, who knows if he makes it to the season if not um it's crazy man it's the sec football that's what if he was complaining about the media last week i'm sure oh he's, he's gonna be complaining even more about the media this week it's just he just realizes the sec man if, if you're not producing you're going out there and just getting your butt spanked on saturday you're not gonna have a job and he's yeah, gonna be so looking for a new job coming into the season so what's the way is it recruiting or are they saving it so he can bring these recruits in still talk to him show him around tennessee because this ship has sailed i mean butch jones is not going to be the coach at tennessee next year oh it's it's completely sailed and, and the thing that's good for all these other uh, sec schools the georgia's the alabama's uh the auburn's is now all these commitments from tennessee they see this and they, they oh, hear yeah. all the chatter and every coach is calling these recruits that have committed to Tennessee and saying, Hey, you know, you're not only committing to that team, but you're committing to that head coach. And the chance of that head coach being there next year has drastically gone down. So, you know, I don't think he'll be there next year. And, and the, the, the coaches for these LOT, SEC schools, like I said, are just licking their chops saying, Hey, where are these big time recruits going to Tennessee? Yeah, they're not, they're not going there anymore. They're coming to us. It's crazy, you know, and going back to, like you said, the Alabamas and what Georgia did to Tennessee at Alabama. And I know you've played with some Crimson Tide alumni in the NFL. I, I had the, the pleasure to be teammates with some as well. They have a mantra, and these guys carry the mantra. And the mantra is, make their ass quit. That's what Alabama says going into football games. I remember two years ago in 2015, Georgia was a favorite in Athens against Alabama. I think it's the only time Alabama's been an underdog in like the past eight years. That's a fact. Okay. Rashad Johnson, former team captain in Alabama. We were both on the Arizona Cardinals and he was talking all week. I cannot believe Georgia's a favorite. We are going to spank y'all. And I'm going, what are you talking about? George, I believe was in the top five at that point. He goes, we're going to make your ass quit. I laughed it off. We put a little money on the line. Dude, the game was over by the time the first quarter was done. They ran roughshod on Georgia. And guess what? That's what Georgia did to Tennessee. Kirby Smart is bringing that mantra to Athens, and the players are buying in. It's obvious from what you see when you watch these games. I think it's obvious. I think these players finally have that confidence that it's something I don't think we had. I think we went into games a little bit when I was at Georgia, and we had the mindset of, you know, we're going to Tennessee or we're going to Alabama or we're going to South Carolina and, and this is going to be a close game. That was in our head all yeah, week from yeah, Monday yeah. till Saturday. This is going to be a close game. And Absolutely. these guys are going to this game saying, we are going to kick some butt, man. <laughs> yeah, Screw this. We, I don't care how good this team is. I don't care if we're going to their home. We're going to put 40 on them and we're not going to let them score. This yeah. isn't going to be a close game. And the mindset is just completely changed. Um, I think everyone's jumping on board. I think the fans got to jump on board. The players are on board. There's a lot of excitement right now. Um, and I think it's just leadership. We talked about it last week on the, on the podcast as well. I just think there's such great leadership on this team on both sides of the football. The guys that decided to, to take another year and come back for their senior year to say, listen, we have something special. 
we got a great senior class. If we all come and band together in Kirby's second year, we can do something special. And right now, um, they, they're making a fan of everyone, I think, in the country. Yeah, it's fun to watch because they're confident. They're playing fast. They're playing physical. And it's, and it's easy to buy in when you get the results that you want. And that's exactly what these guys are doing. They're putting the work in Monday through Thursday, knowing that they're doing what it takes, and then it's translating to Saturday. And that's what makes football fun. Again, I'm going to go back to a previous experience. I was on the 2015 Arizona Cardinals. We went 13-3, and and we played in the NFC Championship game. It's just a feeling, and Aaron, you know that. It's just a feeling like, hey, we're going to go into this game, and we're going to win. You know, We're going to go to Philly on a Sunday night in December, and it doesn't matter if they're on a four-game winning streak. We're going to win because we know what it takes. We've done it before, and Georgia has that mentality right now. So this is my plea, Aaron. Do you want to hear my plea to Georgia? Let's go. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right. Here's my plea to all Georgia Bulldog fans. I am sick of of the pessimism. I am sick of the constant worry. Oh, well, I mean, Mississippi State, uh, uh, they look pretty good against LSU. No, no, we were going to beat Mississippi State, and that's exactly what they did. Oh, no, but but now we have to go to Neyland, and we never play good there. Come to the Punt and Pass podcast, and I tell you, Georgia is going to whoop up on Tennessee. And guess what? You can even find some fans that are going, man, well, we lost to Vanderbilt last year, and Nashville's tough, especially at 11 a.m. game. Dude, are you kidding me? With this defense and this special teams, it's time to get cocky if you're a Georgia fan. And let me just tell you one thing, okay? I am married to an Alabama alumni, okay? Do you know what it's like? Do you know what it's like being with an Alabama fan on a Saturday? They don't even care. They know they're going to win. Yeah, that's what you need. They I they mean, walk into every game confident. They're just saying, listen— we already won before we walked in the stadium. It's, it's it. It's a, it's a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage. Week one, they're going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, neutral site, playing the number three ranked Florida State Seminoles. My wife didn't – we watched the game on mute. She knows they're going to win, Georgia fans. It's time to take on that mentality. You have Nick Chubb. You have Sonny Michelle. You've got playmakers and Terry Godwin and Miko Hardman. The offensive line is picking up the slack from last year. This defense – I mean, I hate to use the word, but they're full of savages. That's what they are. They put the turnover pads on. Punt team has not let up one return yard. Rodrigo's kicking it through the uprights. The dudes had like 25 straight touchbacks. Georgia's playing like a team. Kirby Smart has them rolling. Georgia fans, get cocky. Tell everyone we are going to run rough shot over Vanderbilt this week. Missouri two weeks from now is going to be a, an ass whooping in Sanford Stadium. And then we get a week off. And let's fire up the troops. We're going to Jacksonville in Florida. It, it's going down. Georgia's going to win the game because they got what it takes, and that's my plea to Georgia fans. Embrace the moment. Get cocky. Just enjoy it. It's the first time that you've had a team like this in forever. Enjoy the moment. Aaron, what do you think about that right there? What do you think about me going scorched earth on the Georgia oh, Bulldog absolutely. Nation? I absolutely love it. I'm going to take a little page out of Butch Jones's diary. We just made fun of him a little bit ago, yeah. but I'm going to make the same plea that he made, but for Georgia fans and, and to the media as well as everyone jump on board, not the fans, but the media too, yeah, and come the, on. because the media, man, they can get after you too. And they can start putting these little sprinkles of negativity out there. And, and I'm, I guess I got to get on myself a little bit. I had some negativity a couple of weeks ago <laughs> with the Mississippi job. state pick. Yeah. Doing your job. But even the media, the, the guys are in the locker room day in and day out interviewing the players, interviewing the coaches. 
no, no more negativity. This seems good. There's no this week in media day, which I think occurred uh, today, this morning. No jumping in there and saying, hey, guys, you lost last week. What do you think about going back again and playing Vanderbilt or any of that nonsense? It's for it starts from the media, the fans, the players, the coaches, the all of Athens, the students. Man, it's yeah. a full on thing, man. Everyone has to jump on board. There's it starts no with everyone. And the yep. players are doing their part. You know, the media can they can try to scratch and claw at some negative storylines, but when you are absolutely dominating teams thirty one to three, forty one to nothing. Um, they're not going to have much to write about except what's going to happen next week. And Kirby Smart says it, and I have to give him credit because he's the head coach. He says humility is a week away, and I think that's the right mindset to have. Hey, humility is a week away, but you guess what? It's going to be another week away after we take care of Vanderbilt this weekend. And when I went through the offense, Aaron, I mentioned Sonny Michelle. I mentioned Nick Chubb. You could throw DeAndre Swift in there, the receivers. The offensive line's been playing great. I didn't mention two names that I think are on the minds of most Georgia fans right now, and that is Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason. You and I have to hash it out right here, right now, because this storyline, if they, if they don't take care of it, it's going to fester and have the potential to create problems within the locker room. What happens? Eason gets in late in the game against Tennessee. Fromm's 5-0. and Where do you go from here if Eason's fully healthy? You stick with Fromm right now. That's my opinion. And I'm a little sad right now because I was looking forward to seeing Jacob this year. And I've said all along, you, the biggest jump you have is from year one to year two. And I think with this defense, with how well the, the offensive line is, is coming together right now, the running game, all the factors are there. And, and I think Jacob Easton could easily go out there and play extremely well. And, and if he was a quarterback right now, I would feel just as confident as Fromm is right now going out there and playing. But I just think right now he is the hot hand. I think the players around him are feeding off his energy, the way he plays. I think the coaches are loving his energy and he's just a great leader. He's a guy that's just easy to be around. He's easy to follow. And I just think it starts from day one when he got there in January to the way he worked in the film room, to the way he was calling guys out to go out there and catch balls and organizing team activities. And, and he did something that very few true freshmen do. And and that's, it's tough, man. It's tough to be a true freshman to step in that huddle and, from day one, gain the confidence of your teammates. And, and he's been able to do that. So I'm sticking with Fromm. he is the hot hand. He, he has the trust of his teammates and that's a big thing to win over and, and you're winning. It's a tough thing to do to, to change the ship when you, you know, change the captain when, when things are going good right now. Yeah. And, and it's a cle- it's cliche to say it is a cliche, but he has the it factor. You hear people say it again and again, but he just goes out there and proves it, you know, wasn't the best start for him in Knoxville, but they continue to get first downs. He extends plays and, and runs runs the ball to get first downs. He, he finds the end zone. Uh, he moves the team, you know, 87 yards down the field to go up 17 nothing. Things like that, where you're going, man, this kid gets it. And he missed. And you know, he gets man coverage there early in the game. Sonny Michelle runs that wheel route. He was wide open and from freshman moment. He goes to the sideline, gets chewed out, comes back in the game, delivers. Yeah, he comes back and he's still. We have to keep reminding ourselves that this is only his fifth game playing. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot for him to continue to learn. He's going to face great defenses. And, and the key for, for not only him, but for the fans, for the team, for Kirby is, is if he has that moment and he had that moment, like you said, in that first, that game, the first series versus Tennessee, where there's a simple man zone read. If it's man, you're going to read the will linebacker. And if there's a pick, you're going to throw the wheel route. It's an easy touchdown. If it's zone, 
there's probably a zone concept on the right side that he would work and he picked the right side. He just didn't let the play develop. And, and that's just a freshman mistake. First series, loud stadium, but to not get on him so hard if he does make those, those freshman mistakes, cause they're going to happen. Yeah. Everyone happens. They happen when you're a sophomore, junior, senior, you're going to have those moments. And, and as a fan base, the last thing you can do is if he has a, a bad quarter or a bad half or a bad game. And, and I'm not saying he's going to have that moment, but if he does to give him some slack and not say, okay, let's put Eason back in now. Okay. But you know, what, are, if, what are the coaches if, if he's, if he's our guy as a coaching staff, as a fan base, you're saying, I'm going to stick with this guy through thick and thin the rest of the way. And unless an injury comes up or he's just saying maybe he has two or three really bad games, then maybe you can consider it, but you can't go a bad half or a bad game and say, okay, now we're putting Eason back in. Yeah, but they're not telling Eason that. They're not telling that to Jake Fromm. They're telling Jake Fromm, keep it up or Eason's going in the game. I mean, I have this I have this feeling, all right? And you cannot take away anything that Jake Fromm has done. It's been awesome. The dude's 5-0, and true freshman. Back-to-back, huge conference wins. But here's the thing, Aaron. There's going to come a time, right? You're, you're going to go to Jacksonville and play Florida, which will be the best defensive front this offensive line has seen up to that point. And there's going to come a time where Fromm's getting his teeth kicked in. They're getting pressure with that front seven. You know, three-man rush, getting to the quarterback. And we're going to have to push the ball downfield, right? I don't think Fromm can make the throws that Eason can make. And I think he'd probably be the first person to admit that. What are the coaches telling the quarterbacks right now? Now, because I have a feeling there's going to come a time in point, whether it's Florida or whether it's Auburn, that we're going to need that big arm to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball downfield for chunk yardage. And I think the coaches know that. That's why they're playing this so close to the chest. They're not telling Jake from, hey, we're all behind you. Go out there and you can afford to have three bad quarters in Nashville. And if, you know, it's, if, if we're down seven points with 10 minutes left, what are they? What are they telling these guys, Aaron? You're a quarterback. Let me know, please. If, if I'm a coach, I'm t- I'm I'm picking a guy. That's the worst thing you can do is have the uncertainty. If you look at Florida and look at Florida heading in the season with the uncertainty at quarterback, and the flip flop back and forth between Del Rio and Felipe Franks, and it's just a mind game, especially for these young quarterbacks. Uh, and I feel bad going back to uh, Felipe Franks for Florida to to be benched in the Michigan game to be benched after two weeks ago and not start this past week for a young quarterback. It's tough because now you're thinking, man, my coach has no faith in me. Yeah. If I go out there and have a bad game, a bad quarter, bad half, whatever it might be, I can't, then I'm not gonna be the starter next week. And you can't go into a game as a quarterback thinking and having that worry on your mind that every play has to be perfect because if not, I'm going to be benched. And, and, and that's why I'm saying, if you're a coach, you pick your guy, you stick with your guy, and, and let him develop, let him be better, let him have those ups, let him have those downs. Because like I said, the last thing you want is that kid doubting himself and doubting that you have faith in him as a coach. And, and if you start letting that creep in for from, um, if he does have that bad half, then, then all, all hell could break loose for him. And that's the last thing you want from your starting quarterback. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question and I need your answer, but there's going to be two answers. You play Kirby smart. Okay. Jake Fromm walks into your office. Give me two sentences that you say to Jake Fromm, and then Jacob Eason walks into your office right afterwards and give me the two sentences you tell Jacob Eason moving forward. So I'm telling Jake Fromm as soon as he walks in, you're our guy. Go out there and be the leader we need you to be. 
Two cents is right there. Ooh, giddy up. All right. There you Jacob go. Jacob Beeson, your five-star prize recruit from just one year ago who is now 100% healthy off of a scary knee sprain. Go. Be ready because you never know what can happen. That's just great, isn't it? I mean, right there, that, that's it. You don't know. Look at him. Yeah. First game this season was it second possession. Yep. And he's out, and then all of a sudden things change. You just never know what can happen in football. It takes one play for something crazy to happen, and all of a sudden you need another guy to jump in and play. And, and for him, his key for this season and going on right now is uh, to not think about next year, not start planning. Okay, if I'm not the guy, I need to start looking at these other schools and start prepping to see you know, where I might want to transfer to for him right now. It's, it's, what can I do to be a great leader for this football team? And that's only going to continue to encourage guys to work hard, no matter what. And two, to be ready, you know, because when that moment comes and they say something does happen to Fromm and he's hurt or he's just playing awful for a few games and, and all of a sudden Easton's called in the play. The last thing you want is your teammate to say, well, you know, Easton's been kind of slacking in practice and yeah. Easton really hasn't been putting in the work. And I don't know if he's ready to go you want to be ready and you want to show your teammates in practice and film study that, Hey, if something happens, no worries, boys, cause I'm ready to come in there and kick some ass. Yeah. And, and that's his job right now is to go out there every day uh, and demonstrate that to his teammates. All right. So now I'm Kirby smart. Jake Fromm walks into my office. I look at him and I say, kid, you've been doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. So I don't have to make a decision. A couple pats on the back. Go have a great practice. Now Eason walks in and this is all I tell him. Hey, we're going to need you, so be ready. We're going to need you. We're going to need you, whether it's in Jacksonville or at Jordan-Hare in Auburn. You will play a part in us getting to Atlanta. I think that's what he's telling both those guys, and that remains to be seen. But guess what? Fromm's 5-0. and Easton's played in two games now. Uh, it's fun to watch, and this will continue to fester. But if you have any sense, you listen to the Punt and Pass podcast – Fire up what Aaron and I just said, and you have the answers right at your fingertips. Well, dude, um, that was pretty sweet. And guess what? Now we have a fantastic guest about to join the Punt and Pass podcast, Trevor Knight, former Texas A&M quarterback, but also former Oklahoma quarterback that was the 2014 Sugar Bowl MVP, and he beat the two-time reigning national champion Alabama Crimson Tide. He's currently with the Atlanta Falcons. So without further ado, let's bring on Trevor Knight to the Punt and Pass podcast. All right, we're going to welcome in this week's guest here. It's week six, the Punt and Pass podcast, and we have a special guest that Aaron Murray was able to get us. He is the former Texas A&M quarterback and currently now in the Southeast as a member of the Atlanta Falcons. Trevor Knight joins the show. Trevor, how you doing, man? Doing great, guys. Appreciate y'all having me on. Absolutely, dude. Big week for you. Texas A&M alumni and Alabama is coming into town. That's the number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. They are rolling into College Station. And the reason we wanted you on this week's podcast is because you have done something that very, very few people know what feels like, and that is beat Alabama. That's right. You were the quarterback for Oklahoma during the 2014 Sugar Bowl. You were the MVP of that game, and y'all beat the two-time reigning national champion Alabama Crimson Tide by a score of 45-31. to 31. Tell us how that felt. What was that game like? 
Yeah, first of all, it just it seems like forever ago now. You know, uh, college football is is a unique time in your life, and now that it's over, I look back and it feels like a blink of an eye, but it also feels like that was so long ago. But yeah, I was a redshirt freshman that year, and we went in kind of the underdog, and uh, we're able to come out with a big time win for our program over Alabama. And when it boils down to it, I think what makes it special is just the fact that Alabama has done what they've done over the past decade or two. They're so consistent with winning and, you know, it's really national championship or bust with them right now. So to be able to go and do that, I think it was big for our program. It was big for me as a player. And quite frankly, it's just a really, really cool memory that I get to hang my hat on nowadays. Trevor, thanks for coming on with us. Quick question from me. Um, You guys have a, a uh, true freshman quarterback playing this weekend versus Oklahoma. And, and he's looked well. And I'm talking about Kellen looked well throughout the season. They've rolled off four in a row right now. What kind of advice do you have for him going against? It is a home game, but you're going against a defense that's given up eight points a game right now. Uh, and just so if I'm him, what are you saying to me heading into this game? Well, you know, you look at what he's done so far this year as a true freshman, he came in um, after the starter got hurt in the first game of the year and, went three for 17 passing. So that's not necessarily a confidence builder, but then back that up with a couple good performances, including a big one against Arkansas and in Dallas Cowboys stadium. And then he played well this past week too. So I think for him, he's just building confidence every week. And my advice for him would be, don't make it any bigger than it is. You know, it's, it is Alabama and, and what they've been able to do over the last couple decades is incredible, but go out there and just play football. And I think, Noel Mazzoni, the offensive coordinator, does a great job of just instilling confidence in his guys at the quarterback position. So, you know, he's going to go out there and he's going to play the best of his ability. I just hope that he has that confidence that he can be a good player. And at the end of the day, it's still just football. They've got to make plays, too. All right. So you beat Alabama as Oklahoma's quarterback and you lost to him last year, unfortunately, as the quarterback of Texas A&M. What's the difference or what was the most notable difference when you played them during a conference game? And then one more addition to that question. What's the game atmosphere like in College Station during a huge game? Because that's one place that most SEC fans I know on the east side have yet to experience. Right. Um, You know, I think first of all, it's all about not beating yourself against those guys. They do an incredible job of doing what they do and doing it very well. Um, And you look at our game against them last year where we ended up losing and we beat ourselves. We played probably six to seven minutes of bad football, and that's all it took for them to just run away with that. Uh, They got a turnover uh, that led to points, and then we had a couple – brain farts on defense that allowed them to get more points. So it looked like the game got out of hand at the end. So they really just do a great job of not making mistakes. And in addition to that, capitalizing on your mistakes. Um, But, you know, playing in college station is difficult. Um, A lot of people don't understand what the 12th man really is. And I was a guy growing up that, that hated A&M to be quite honest. I was a Texas fan. That's where my dad went. And I thought all the swaying and the, and the chants and things like that was weird, but, you get inside of 100,000-plus 100, 100, fans swaying back and forth and really cheering their team on, um, it's a tough place to play. So, again, I think A&M is still finding their identity as a team. They've played really well at times, and then they've played you know, subpar at times as well. And so for them to be able to come in and, and uh, host Alabama and get a win out of it, I think they need to play 
a very, very confident and, and good game and not make too many mistakes that Alabama can capitalize on. Speaking of having a chance to win this game, Coach Sumlin, you had an opportunity to play for him. What is he like as a head coach? And do you think his seat, uh, even though they're 4-1 at the moment, is, is hot going into the second half of the season? You know, you look at it, and I this is just my personal opinion um, after being in college football for five years. I think the hot seat has become even more hot for any program nowadays. It's, you know, there's 120 plus division one programs and they all want to win a national championship. And that's just not the way it's going to be. And if they don't win conference or national championships, they're calling for, you know, the head coach's head. And so, um, you know, I think playing for coach Sumlin taught me a lot. I got to play for coach Stoops at Oklahoma and then coach Sumlin, and they're both incredible leaders. Uh, Coach Sumlin specifically just does a great job with this program again, instilling confidence. And he truly is a player's coach and players want to play well for him. And so, you know, Head coach and the quarterback gets all the blame, but gets all the credit too. And so, um, you know, they need to keep playing well. They need to win ball games because at the end of the day, you got to win ball, ball games to, to stick around. But I hope it's not uh, the seat's not too hot for him at this point. Geez, that was a, a great answer, Trevor. You kind of took my next question right out of my mouth. I was going to ask you when you transferred from Oklahoma, how did Coach Someone attract you to come to Texas A&M, especially that you grew up a Texas fan? But I think we just got our answer right there let's switch gears a little bit oh wait but first i gotta ask your prediction right i mean what do you think is going to happen this weekend it's it's considered a big time game i want to remind you that bama is a 26 and a half point favorite which way are you going you know as a as a diehard texas a&m fan now i've got a lot of ties there a lot of uh, friends there and everything i would love to see them come out and shock the world but on a realistic standpoint you look at what alabama's doing right now and kind of the the youth of texas a&m um all cards are stacked against them and so being a 26 point underdog that's tough to overcome uh but i i'm still very hopeful that the aggies can put it all together and come out with a win see that's a great answer right there that's what the kind of answer i should have uh <laughs> i should have used when the dogs were playing mississippi state i could have had a little bit more of an enjoyable weekend <laughs> in athens georgia you, you're politically that's I the mean, political from, answer yeah that's a great political answer right there i gotta take some note i'm taking notes right now if I ever get stuck in that circumstance, uh, kind of use that answer. All right, there so you're go. you're in your rookie season in the NFL. You're currently a member of the Atlanta Falcons. What's it like being a part of the brotherhood? You know, it's been awesome. Uh, I spent my preseason with the Arizona Cardinals and learned so much. I was there with Carson Palmer and Drew Stanton and Blaine Gabbert and just great guys to be around and watching Larry Fitzgerald every day. It's just that was a great experience for me, but. Um, ended up getting picked up there in Atlanta, and it's been great so far. Um, I'm a big culture guy. I believe in in the culture of a team, and, and that leads to success. Of course, you got to have your X's and O's and a lot of talent, but if you got a good culture, guys playing for one another, that leads to success in my eyes. And so Dan Quinn does an incredible job of bringing in that brotherhood mindset, and it's been really cool to see big names like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and. Uh, Devontae Freeman buy into that um, and it's it's always about my teammate not all about myself so I'm really excited about where I'm at right now and uh, really enjoying being a part of this brotherhood like you said and hopefully we can keep playing well we lost a tough one this past week but heading into the bye week this week we'll regroup and, and get back to it uh, come next weekend that's awesome I know a lot of listeners of the punt and pass podcast are huge Falcons fans so they'd love to hear you 
speak highly of the organization. I'll give you a little hot tip. I don't know if you're a golfer or not, but if you go out on the golf course with Matt Ryan, get as many strokes as you can because he is pretty damn good. Um, and uh, one more thing before we let you go i I did my due diligence i researched you so i went to the the most trusted website wikipedia it says you ran a four five four 40 yard dash in the nfl combine now did you go to your own page and edit that or are you really that fast because i know murray is not that fast well they (laughs) they uh that's what they had me clocked at at the combine officially so um i didn't go add it in there myself but i don't know if that was a a faulty clock or not, but I'd like to say I can get, get up and going a little bit at least. Yeah. I don't know how true Wikipedia is. If you go look at my page right now, it says I'm from Detroit, Michigan. And I've, <laughs> the first time I was in Detroit, Michigan was last year when we played Detroit. I had all these reporters come up to me. Hey, is the only member of the Eagles from born in Detroit. Can you kind of give us a little background? I'm like, I've never been there before. So <laughs> right. if there's, if there's any listeners of the podcast that wants to go change my Wikipedia page, because you personally can't go change your own page. Someone go please change it to Tampa, Florida. That would be awesome to there get this uh, Detroit talk <laughs> out of the way. I've been a victim of a Wikipedia change as well after a bad game here or there. You know, you can you can easily get uh, touched up pretty quickly on old Wikipedia.com. But um, Trevor, my man, thanks so much for joining us. You were a great guest, and uh, good luck with the Falcons for the rest of the season. We'll certainly be keeping tabs on you. No doubt, guys. Again, appreciate y'all having me on and uh, look forward to doing this again sometime. Appreciate it, Trevor. Thanks for having us. All right. See you, Mike. All right. That was very cool to have Trevor Knight on as our guest this week in the Punt and Pass podcast. Trevor uh, able to take some time out of his busy NFL schedule to join us and chat ball. So we appreciate him. And, uh, man, we've had some pretty decent guests, Aaron, Tyler Bray, Ben Jones, Trevor Knight, a good crew of some NFL uh, and SEC ties. So always check back, and we'll let you know who we have next week on the Punt and Pass podcast. But now it's time to dive into our Week 6 previews. I mentioned it in the show open, the games that we are previewing this week. Number 1 Alabama at Texas A&M, LSU at number 21 Florida. We're going to touch quickly on the number 5 Georgia Bulldogs going up to Vanderbilt, and Ole Miss is traveling to number 12, Auburn. Aaron, without further ado, the NFL team, excuse me, the best team in college football, (laughs) Alabama. Man, they are just destroying people. I think it's going to be a lot of the same at Texas A&M this weekend in College Station. This game kicks off at 7.15. It's going to be on ESPN. I'm like watching the media narratives develop throughout the week, and they kind of just try to give Texas A&M any sense of hope that they can. But let's not forget, Bama is a 26-and-a-half-point favorite. This ain't going to be close. This defense forces turnovers, and the offense does not turn the ball over. That is a recipe for success. Yeah, and one thing, like you just said, this offense has still it's five games in, and they've yet to turn the ball over. And defensively, um, unbelievable. I think they're giving up eight points a game right now. I think Georgia's giving up 9.5. It's just it's unbelievable what this, what this defense has had to do. And, and now they're going against a, a true freshman quarterback, A&M's Kellen Mond, uh, a kid who's actually played very well. I mean, if you look at this Texas A&M team, they could easily be five and zero right now. They've won their past four games. They kind of crapped the bed versus UCLA in that fourth quarter, or right now we could be talking about two undefeated teams. And, and, and there's no, don't get me wrong. There's no different. There is a huge difference. I mean, in talent, when you look at these two rosters, yeah. 
the coaching, everything. I mean, this is not going to be a close game, but this a team still is a good team. But if I'm a freshman quarterback and I'm going to play Alabama, you know, unless your name's Johnny, Man- unless your name's Johnny Manziel, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be up late this next week, kind of just having some nightmares against going against this defense. And, and like I said, the big thing is just the way this offense is playing. They're very balanced. Uh, Jalen Hurts has done an amazing job of not only passing the ball well, but he's leading the team in rushing. He's taking care of the football. And that's been the key since day one this offseason is take care of the football. Let our defense win games for you. And when something's there, not in the, if something's there, not there in the pass game, you have the you have the legs to go out there and make plays in the run game uh, with your feet. And he's been able to do that so far this year. So I don't think there's going to be much of a game. Um you know, Texas A&M might play a little bit well early on. They do have a, a pretty good defense. They're able to get after the quarterback, but I just don't see this offense with a true freshman quarterback being able to put many points on the board. So are you taking, are you laying the points? You're laying 26 and a half points. That's a lot. I mean, it's on the road too, but you just brought up a lot of good points. Freshman quarterback, Bama doesn't turn the ball over. And sure, A&M has a pretty decent front seven, but Jalen Hurts, I mean, he rolls out to the right every single play. If the pass is open, he throws it. And if not, he takes it down and runs for about seven yards a clip. Yeah, I'm taking him. And I think Alabama, I know it's been a few years. I still think they are pretty pissed about, you know, what happened when Johnny played them. Yeah, I yeah. think they're pretty upset uh, about the way they lost that game. And I think they have a chip on their shoulder. I think this is a huge game for Alabama. I think they look at Texas A&M and say, you know, they disrespected us a few years ago. And we're never going to let that happen again. And if you disrespect Nick Saban, you know you're never going to get off his bad side. Uh, So I think they're going to come in there with a a pretty grumpy, pretty upset, and they're going to go put a whooping on Texas A&M. So you're laying the you're laying the twenty six and a half. Taking I am laying the I'm taking Bama with twenty six and a half. Yeah, I've learned the hard way. Don't bet against Alabama unless they give you a reason to. This is a freshman quarterback. Um, Sure, A&M played really, really good for three and a half quarters against UCLA to get up by a huge margin, but. They lost the game, and they lost the game because their defense is not what it should be. They allow 387 yards per game. Bama's going to take control of this one early. They're going to do what Bama does, and I'm laying the points as well, Murray. I take Bama minus 26 and a half points. Our next game, the LSU Tigers, fresh off a loss to Troy, travels to Gainesville playing the Swamp. Number one twenty, number 21, Florida Gators. This is the 330 CBS game. Florida is the classic home favorite. They're given three points. These teams are very, very evenly matched up. I think this will be a close game. I think it'll be a good game. Obviously, LSU is going to have a bit more to play for to prove that they are not as bad as they showed a week ago. But Coach Orgeron has never won a road SEC game as a head coach. So I'm saying it right now. Lay the three. Florida's going to win. Florida's going to win. Coach O, they go to three and three, and he still is winless on the road in the SEC. You want to talk about playing well at home, though? Jim McElwain is 13 and one at the Swamp. So, yeah, that's pretty good playing at the Swamp as a head coach for for everyone wanting to get on his back. And and I think this Florida offense right now, kind of watching them last week, they're able to start. They're actually able to start running the ball. Something that they want to do early in the year. They said, hey, listen, we have a great offensive line. Yeah, they do. Uh, something we didn't see the first couple of weeks, but now those guys, just like Georgia's offensive line, starting to really mesh. They're able to run the ball. I'm still a little nervous. I I, can, I love the fact that Felipe's back in there. Um, I don't like the fact that they benched him for Del Rio, but obviously he's back with injury. Yeah. He still needs to take care of a little, the ball. I mean, he's a guy that's hot or cold. He's going to go out there and, and launch a 70-yard Hail Mary to win you a game. He's going to throw some great – 
post patterns down the field and, and show off his arm, but then all of a sudden he's going to throw in the triple coverage. Yeah. And he had a couple plays last week where I saw one in the red zone and went through three guys' arms, and I'm like, where is he throwing? And then another one, he's throwing a crossing route, nicked off a couple defenders, and, and somehow the Florida receiver caught it. And you're just like, this guy is is living lucky right now. And, and if you're going to play an LSU defense that is young but still very talented and you're going to try to make some of those throws – you're going to have some turnover. So if, if he does a good job of continuing to mature, taking care of the football, and they continue to build on this momentum they have in the run game right now, uh, I really like this Florida team heading into this game. And, and for LSU, the big talk right now is for Matt Kennedy. Can he simplify this offense? Yeah. It's too complicated for these guys. There's too many motions, too many shifts. So I think they're going to kind of just dumb it down for these guys and just let them play fast um, and just – hopefully run the ball a little bit more because I don't think Danny Etling can win you a game at the quarterback position. He can manage a game, but he's not going to go win you these big SEC games. You need to be able to run the ball with your running backs, with your offensive line. So if they're able to kind of simplify the offense a little bit, maybe they'll have some more success. But I still think Florida right now is in a good spot. They're getting better every week. So you're going to lay the three and take the Gators. I'm laying the three and taking the Gators in this one. All right. And you know what? I agree with something you just said. Good coaches adjust to the players that they have. They don't bring in their philosophy and say, hey, do it. And it seems like Matt Canada has done that to this point. Man, look at the athletes you have. Get the ball to your playmakers in space and allow them to win you a football game. That sure as hell did not happen a week ago at home during homecoming when they lost to Troy. If Felipe Franks can avoid the pick six turnovers, I think Florida will win this game. So I'm laying the three points as well. We're on the same track. Next game, number five, Georgia Bulldogs going up north to Nashville, Tennessee. They're playing Vanderbilt. This game is at 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Heads up, though, if you're going to the game, it's at 11 a.m. local time in Nashville. Georgia's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. Murray, I'm going to give you my quick thoughts on this game. Will Georgia win? Yes, absolutely. Will Georgia start slow? Probably. That's what happens in that soccer stadium that they play football in. It's going to be at 11 a.m. It'll be packed with Georgia fans because Vanderbilt has about 17 football fans, but I see a slow start. I see a stick into the run game, forcing Vanderbilt to stack the box and then maybe take a few shots deep. I think Georgia wins this game 24-7 to or maybe 27 to 10. So that that 17 and a half number that Vegas has set is very interesting to me. I think Georgia wins by 17 points so they don't cover 17 and a half. I'm going to take the points for Vanderbilt, but Georgia wins and it ain't going to be close. This game will be 24 to nothing late in the fourth quarter. Vanderbilt will score and it will be a bad beat. So Georgia dominates Late in the game, they don't cover because the hook comes into play. Those are my thoughts. Georgia goes to 6-0, and and they continue to roll. Yeah, I definitely think they're going to roll this week. It's going to be interesting. I, I would love to kind of see that stadium. I'm sure they're going to show it on camera, and I guarantee you there's going to be 60%, 70% Georgia fans at this game. Oh, yeah. I don't think Vanderbilt, uh, I don't think they have the juice that they, they had a couple weeks ago when they were undefeated going into play. Alabama uh, after a couple losses and the way Georgia rolling, the way Georgia travels, it's going to be heavy, heavy dog nation, uh, almost like a home game for Georgia, honestly, at that stadium, which it usually is. And, and a couple stats that that are just jumping up to me, Ralph Webb has just not played well this year yeah, for the, for Vanderbilt, a guy who, 
who's played extremely well throughout his career has yet to even get 200 yards through five games this year. Uh, so something that if you're going to be one dimensional versus Georgia de- versus Georgia defense. And, and I really like Kyle Sherman, the quarterback for, for Vanderbilt. I think watching him last week versus Florida, he made some great throws, but I just think if you're a one dimensional offense, Georgia is just so capable with the front four, the front seven to get after the QB. Uh, so I don't see them being able to run. I don't see them being able to throw. And, and I just really love what Georgia's being able to do on offense. I think they're doing a great job of being creative, doing some trick plays, throwing the ball downfield, getting the ball into their playmakers hands. And, and my second big stat for them is they're perfect in the red zone. They're 19 for 19 right now. Ooh. So when they're, when they're getting in the red zone, they're scoring, whether it's a field goal, whether it's a touchdown, knock on wood, hopefully I didn't just jinx them right there, but that's a big stat. If you're able to get into the red zone, not just get in there, but get in there and get points. Yeah, huge. That's a huge stat right there. So between the lack of, of, you know, running game for Vanderbilt and the way Georgia is just playing complete football right now, I'm taking Georgia. I'm taking the points. I think that, like you said, they're going to start off slow. So you're laying the points you're taking. I'm laying the points. Yeah. And I think that defense is going to get a couple turnovers early, which they've been doing a lot lately. I think they're going to get some turnovers because Vanderbilt's going to be put in some third and longs. And that's just going to kind of ignite the offense come second, third, and fourth quarter. I love it. And going back to my pick, I want to equate this somewhat to what the App State game was for Georgia fans. A dominant victory for Georgia, but they're going to put their twos and threes in, and Vandy might get a scrap touchdown late. And that hook comes into play. Um, but Georgia goes to 6-0, and there's no doubt. And the last game we're going to touch on real quick, man, these Auburn Tigers are getting pretty hot. Ole Miss off the absolute beatdown to Alabama. Travels to Jordan here. This game's at 12 p.m. on SEC Network, and Auburn's giving three touchdowns, a 21-point favorite. Quick thoughts, Aaron. Yeah, I, this is a team, Auburn, I liked a lot heading into the season. I thought they were a team that definitely – could contend with Alabama in the West and, and everyone was giving me some flack the first couple of weeks. Like, man, I thought you said Auburn was going to be good. Where are they at? And, and I just like, Hey, listen, just let this quarterback get going in this system. Let him learn the speed of these defenses. And Jared Siddham for Auburn right now has just been on fire. These past three games, just throwing the ball over the park. And, and also for, for Auburn, they finally had this past game was the first time their two stud running backs, carry on Johnson and Karen Petway were playing together at the same game. They've one, one's been hurt. The other has been hurt. They haven't been on the field together. And finally you have those two, two back. Your quarterback's playing extremely well there. We knew their defense would play well all season. So this is a team that is just, like I said, on fire on both sides of the football, they're getting better every single week. Uh, and for Ole Miss, it's the complete opposite. They've been, they started off strong in these past couple of weeks versus Cal versus Alabama. Uh, Shea Patterson has not looked like the quarterback he was at the beginning of the season, throwing a lot of interceptions, not completing drives. So 21 points, a lot of points. What are you doing? Let me, let me hear your thoughts uh, real quick. I, yeah. I got to think about this one a little bit more. I'm Auburn's, not sure. Auburn's defense has really picked up the slack. If they can affect Shea Patterson as it seems like he gets affected by good defenses, then Auburn can score some points and get this one out of touch early. That stadium will be rocking. Uh, these fan base rallies around this football team. I'm going to lay the points here. I think Ole Miss is just on a bad, bad track, and it's probably going to continue throughout the season. So I'll take Auburn. I'll lay the 21 points, and I'm going to go four and oh this week so what are you gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna go with you i think Ole miss right now they don't have the leadership from the coaching standpoint i think shea parison does need to step up as a leader this football team when things start to go bad this is now his moment to shine to show hey this is my team 
this is my university. I'm going to go out there and show it. But well, he wears I number just, twenty. I, he wears number twenty. It's like the it's very from, odd. Um, it's very from Friday odd. Night Lights. What's his name? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, oh it's going to drive me what's nuts. His name. All right, if you know the name of the quarterback in the movie Friday Night Lights, tweet at us or Instagram us a picture of the quarterback at Punt and Pass, and we might have something special. Well, so there you, you go. I knew we'd week. figure out something. Got it. But anyways, right I'm there. going Auburn. They're going to cover the spread or however you say it, and right, it's going to be a good day. Excellent. Well, dude, that was a fantastic episode. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we are fired up for week six. We got another awesome slate of games. And before we go, shout out one more time to Michael Lou 85, who was our giveaway winner. Email us punt and pass at gmail.com. We'll link up with you and be sure to send that to you and to all of our fans and listeners continue to rate review and subscribe. Let's get the punt and pass podcast to top 10 on iTunes. That is our goal for this week i know we can all make it happen together but thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next week right here on the punt and pass podcast see ya